Hey guys, want to save an easy 10% at Shotgun House Coffee Roasters? Simply show up to either location and show your barista that you've subscribed to the podcast and left a five-star rating and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Building Something Out of Nothing is brought to you by Geekdom. Geekdom is the largest co-working space in the city with the focus of building downtown San Antonio one startup at a time. Visit geekdom.com today to schedule a free tour. What's up, guys? This is Eddie Laughlin, co-founder of Shotgun House Coffee Roasters, and you're listening to Building Something Out of Nothing, a small business podcast right here in San Antonio. Today's guest is John Antonelli, co-founder of the super popular Antonelli's Cheese Shop in Austin, Texas. We sit down at their Hyde Park Cheese House and chat about the origins of the company, their instant popularity and initial success, the nonstop grind of running a small business, and how he and his wife Kendall built a tiny Hyde Park Cheese Company into what Travel and Leisure named one of the best cheese shops in America. Enjoy. All right, so I'm sitting here with uh, John Antonelli of Antonelli's Cheese Shop here in Austin, Texas. Um, kind of famed cult following artist, yeah, artisanal cheese shop. Thanks for and, having uh, me. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me out here. I've never actually. So we're sitting in the cheese house, which is across the street from the cheese shop. Correct? Yeah, exactly. Can you explain kind of briefly the difference? Sure. Our our cheese shop over at forty two twenty Duval Street. That's our where we started almost ten years ago. Kendall right. and I. Uh, it's our retail establishment. Come in taste before you buy it's all cut to order yep it's a classic traditional cheese shop mm-hmm. uh, the cheese house here is basically our ed- education and event center we host private tastings constantly for corporations okay we do classes here at least two to three times a week and so we and then we use this also as our office space so but this isn't really like a walk-in type place is it you kind of schedule things and- we schedule our okay. events yeah exactly this is now uh it's a very class oriented booking type space okay cool cool it's awesome and uh yeah so kindle currently isn't here but she might pop in at some point absolutely we'll see. yeah uh if she doesn't i got you and you can i'm looking forward to i can get in the fun part today to hang out with you yeah it's man, fantastic it's awesome. yeah so i want to just yeah back up and talk about like the origins of the company which was Hard to believe, man, like 10, 11 years ago now? 12. Yeah, 12 years 12 ago. 12 years ago. So basically, you you two, you and Kendall, you get married. How'd y'all meet, by the way? Kendall and I met in college at Georgetown in D.C. Oh, wow, okay. In 2002, 2003. And she migrated here for a job. Is that what happened? Ken- Kendall uh, wanted to come to a graduate program here at UT, and I decided I really wanted to be with her. So I asked if I could come. Oh, She wow. said yes, and... We moved in 05, so we've been in Austinite since 2005. It's awesome. Dude, you've, you've really seen this place just completely change. I interviewed uh, Patrick Terry from Pete Terry. Sure. They started in 2005, yep. so literally right when y'all got done. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, so you two get married. Right. On the so, honeymoon. Yeah, yeah kind that's an origin story. Explain so, some of that to me. Well, I'm a, I'm a CPA by trade. At the time, I was working for Deloitte & Touche um, cool. and uh, building great relationships um, through that. Uh, but in October of 2007, Kendall and I got married, and we were on our like third day of the honeymoon. I had a just had a great wedding, have a great wife, got great dogs at home, got a great house. So life is mostly good. Mo- life Almost is perfect. amazing. Yeah. The only thing that was was weighing on my mind was my job, my career. Um, you know, I was a good CPA, but it didn't. I didn't have passion. No fire it. at no. all. Yeah. And so I was sitting on the beach that day, probably drinking a few too many margaritas or yeah. pina coladas. Or all good ideas. Drink of about. the day. Yeah. Um, I had an existential moment. I leaned over to Kendall and I was like, "Hey, um, you know, when I get home, I think I'm going to quit my job." And she said, "Well, what are you going to do?" And I said, "I think something in cheese." And so neither one of us really know why I chose cheese. I have no formal background in cheese. I wasn't... So to this day, you don't really even know why. No, I think I just... Just in the moment. I think one of the things that we kind of came to is like, you know, not everybody loves an auditor, but everybody loves cheese. That's so... That's such a good point. And yeah. so I wanted to be in a career where people would smile at me all day. Yeah, man. That I could interact a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's cool. But even at the time, I didn't know exactly what that meant. So... That sparked a conversation between the two of us the rest of the honeymoon. Wow. Um, and we talked about what it would mean moving forward. And so what we agreed upon was that I would, I would leave my job at the end of the busy season, which was February of uh, 2008, and that I would um, basically spend two years and the same amount of time and money as like an MBA program to find my passion. Okay, okay. And so uh, I immediately I got an internship uh, with Curvy Lane Cafe here in Austin. Perfect. 24-hour 
diner, pancakes. And was that just to kind of learn the in and outs of the food business? Food, yeah. Bit? If yeah. I was leaning towards food, I needed to yeah. have experience 100%, in food. 100%. Yeah. And, um, and so that internship taught me a lot. I, um, they gave the first three months, I got to experience every single role in the organization, That's awesome. including back of how, like in the office. Did they know what your ultimate goals were? It, exactly. Yeah, so you yeah. went in, you were like, look, I just want to learn everything I possibly can. Also, a play, great, great place to learn because they're so busy. They're I mean, so busy. They're so busy. So you're, and yeah. it's such a dynamic business. Yeah. I was fortunate to know the owners and the, um, the current CEO is a good friend of mine who, uh, in college, who I bumped into a couple days after that honeymoon. Really, and I uh, told him what I was thinking. So that's about. how that happened. And, yeah, and he connected me with his parents. That's and, cool. Uh, and so I got to do their accounting for a period of time. It was amazing. Yeah, um, man. I also went and studied cheese at uh, a shop in New York for a period of time. Oh, I went man. traveled France, and oh, Kendall and I started a grilled cheese club out of our house. Wow! During that time, so that as was well. early, early on. Yeah. Yeah, and so what we were doing, we were making four course grilled cheese dinners. For friends, dude, and then other people started showing up, and across along the way, that was about a year of time every week. And what we found out is more and more what we would end up talking about is the the ingredient, yeah, not the finished product, but right. the ingredients. And then instead of four courses of grilled cheese, it'd be one cheese board, right, one pairing. Right, right. And eventually, we just started to find ourselves falling in love with these stories of these producers. And how amazing artisanal cheese was. And it really is just a spectacular industry. Well, and it's next level. If you're, you know, you're having people over to your house and never had that type of cheese before, that experience is just revelatory yeah. almost. It's, it's completely amazing. different. So you see like how that impart, you know, what happens to people when their eyes light up and they see exactly. it. They're like, dude, if we could educate, you know, everyone like this, it'd be amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the first kind of step with that. So you did Kirby Lane, you did when you were in New York and working for that cheese shop, were you kind of getting ideas so for what you might want to it was, do here? It was um, a boot camp. It was actually okay. like a through a, a weekend-long camp cool. class uh, where I was learning. I ate about three pounds of cheese that weekend. It was outstanding. Um, but I was, just, I was just forming my opinions. Uh, at the time, what I was really looking for was passion. Yeah. Right. And you know, I, um, Kendall and I do have done a TEDx talk. We just recently did a uh, talk at the American Cheese Society conference oh, wow. about passion with purpose. That's and awesome, man. It's one of our core principles here. And uh, and I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I was laying the foundation for what would become this talk, which is, you know, I knew what it felt like to be passionate. In my life, for all of us, it's very different. So in my life, passion really um, came through in high energy like my feet hit the ground every day when I woke up. You were ready to get out. I was ready. ready to start. Yeah. Endless, endless energy. That's awesome. And um, and so what I spent some time thinking about was when in my life did I have that experience? And it was at the the last two years of college, for me, was that time frame. So I benchmarked to that. I knew that that's the feeling. Those are the emotions that I want to have every day for the rest of yeah, my life, yeah. or as much as I can. Um, and so once I found that, then the next step was sort of aligning my lifestyle okay. towards achieving that goal. So the only way that I could do that was by trying things out. Yeah. So, you know, internships, um, classes, talking to people, studying, each one of those things aligned my decision making towards finding that passion. And what was happening without me knowing is that my passion was spiraling more towards this artisanal cheese. Did you originally, when you were doing the grilled cheese stuff in your, in your house, were you thinking, maybe we'll start a grilled cheese truck or yeah, anything like exactly. that? That was like an idea that popped up? There was, yeah. So like it was throwing just, spaghetti against the ceiling. So wherever it takes you, yeah. And, and then you were like eventually honing in more on, like you said, the ingredients and like the artisanal cheese aspect of exactly. it. And, and, and so you were like, you know, maybe this is the direction it should take. Exactly. You know, and I, cool. at the, during those that time frame, I was taking a stack of cheese books. I couldn't stop reading. It's oh, a good indica- indication yeah. that you're passionate about something if you just can't stop yourself from mm-hmm. doing it. So I was bringing a stack of cheese books to Central Market and reading, standing in the cheese aisle, just reading and looking at some of the products as I read. And obviously you had the internet and articles and things like that. Were yep. podcasts a thing? Not, a, not, not really. Not for that specific. That. You know, Now I'm sure they have that. Of course. Uh, hey, you should start one. No, but, I, yeah, there's a great one called Cutting the Curve. Yeah, see, but, so you, but you didn't have that resource back then. Right. Okay. And so, you know, that, that's kind of the um, how it all planned out. But I, at the time, you know, business is very risky. 
And um, at that time in particular, yeah, yeah, coming out of the recession and um, and so and and going into something like cheese is very um, you uh, retail, yeah, very high upfront costs, yeah, right, absolutely. And so I didn't want to. At the, I, I was building all these different business plans. I had about six different business plans, and it was my mother-in-law sat sat me down one night over wine and was like, "Look, <laughs> business is risk. You gotta do it or stop talking about it." And um, it was inspiring to me. She's a yeah. entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman. She knows what she's talking about. And at the same time, it jolted something in Kendall because she had been along on this ride the whole time. Right. I mean, I practically talked about cheese in my sleep. So right. she was learning as we went. And it was that night that she decided that this was also a path for her. And wow. so this was June of 2009. Okay. Um, and so at that, that night she said, she's like, I think we should do this together. Here are my stipulations. What were they? Uh, I don't want to stand over a grill. Understandable. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't want to work after like midnight. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to work in a box. There you go. And so those were the three primary ones. And so we immediately honed in on, well, that takes the whole restaurant industry out. I mean, I had already learned yeah, that I didn't seriously. want to cook 50 pounds of bacon in a night. Right. Like I did at Kirby. I knew right. that. But um, but that was very clear. She didn't want to be in a food truck. She didn't want to be... They're hot, night. man. They're hot. Yeah. And so um, it led us, within minutes, led us to retail. And then um, it led us towards finding a space with a unique... Um, feel yeah you know it's amazing the cheese Definitely. shop across the street if Definitely. You, if you stand behind the counter you don't notice as a customer but if you stand behind the counter there's windows above where the customers stand oh yeah so Kendall could see daylight all day long oh, no, if she perfect. wanted to yeah and that was a really cool find well and the cheese shop is just so I don't know how you would describe it quaint and cute and it's just like a kind of you're entering another world when you it's just it is just like fun yeah. You walk into a cheese shop, man, you're just having a good time. You're supposed no to. No one's ever going there because they're they're in a rush and they're having a bad day or anything like that, man. They're going to enjoy themselves and uh, take time and like enjoy the whole experience. And that's, that's what's cool. so cool about it. Um, so, yeah, how'd you kind of find that shop? Did you know you wanted to be in, in the Hyde Park area or were you kind of looking all over the place? So after we decided that we were going to do it together, I spent a couple, two months driving every single day. I narrowed, basically I did my research. I narrowed it down to about like, six zip codes okay and Kendall and I we knew we wanted to be in a neighborhood right you know Kendall's stipulation of not being in a box kind of precludes you from precluded me from like strip centers oh definitely Um, and the other thing that we knew is that we couldn't do it on on our own so we um, don't even today don't feel like we're we can be a destination unto ourselves okay and so we look for food foot traffic yeah and so I look for businesses that bring people in for food mm-hmm. um, where a customer wouldn't have to drive twice to get to us. It mm-hmm. makes so much sense. It's actually the perfect kind of spot that you're in. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. I wasn't expecting to find something. I actually never drove over here because I assumed every single space was taken. Yeah. Should, and so be. I never drove past. And one day in September of 09 a mentor of mine called and said hey have you looked at the for sale for lease sign over on Duval Street wow and I was like what do you mean he's like That's there's crazy, a sign in the window and I said there's never a sign it's in the impossible yeah. and I drove over and sure enough it was the first time I ever noticed that 15 feet of frontage space yeah between Dolce Vita and Hyde Park Bar and Grill and we signed the lease a couple of days later so you you called her you were like we gotta we need to jump on this so oh yeah someone's I, gonna get this I, yeah Exactly. Drove over immediately and handled it. So um, we were blessed. I mean, and it, the way the parking is set up for this corner is that, you know, Hyde Park Bar and Grill, we guesstimated at that time that about a fifth to a third of the city would eat in that restaurant every year. Wow. And they would have to walk in front of our space to, yeah. to get to the restaurant yeah. because of the way the parking set up. Yeah, definitely. And so we thought that if we could just capture some of those people, stop them, in, intrigue them. A couple of like curious customers. Because uh-huh. that is the thing. It's such like almost like, a neat, and at the time, I'm sure you were aware, but I don't think there were that much, that, there was that much competition for the specific type of thing you were doing here in Austin. Was the there? Central Market and Whole Foods do an amazing okay. job with cheese. They, they do. They do a really great job. We were the first specialty. Independent shop. specialty shop. Exactly, yeah, okay. yeah. The volumes that Whole Foods and Central Market do, they can't 
they couldn't keep up with cut to order because they sell so much. Of course, um, yeah. And that's I, I don't feel so bad for them. But was that daunting to you, knowing like you know why is nobody else doing this? Why is it just Central Market and, and Whole Foods? You know, no one else, no other independent artisan makers want to do this. You know, did you think is it just going to be a big failure, or were you just excited? Oh, I think that's the thing with passion is that passion is what gives you fuel. Yeah. And so um, I, I, even if there were two other cheese shops, I probably would have done it anyway, um, just because I love doing it. Um, and granted, there's been some rocky years along the way. Oh, dude, yeah, for sure. A lot sure. of sweat equity. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but we've put together uh, what I think is a really great foundation for, oh, absolutely, for our, man. our life. Well, and so that, to me, I... I Central Market does so much business, and uh, I knew that there was already people eating cheese. What I didn't... That's a good point. What my business plan, our business plan, was built around was that I got a sense that the, the types of cheeses that I was planning to sell, even though some of them were at Central Market, weren't selling a lot. Um, and so my thought, thought sort of approach was that we would help the customers that they already have move from a $3 a pound cheese to a $15 a pound cheese through education. By allowing a more immersive experience where they can, you call it tasting the case, correct? Exactly. And uh, yeah, so people get curious people that go past the aisle and Central Market or Whole Foods all the time can actually go into your spot and say, you know, can I give this a little taste? And I'm going to take a little thing it's, home to my house with a bottle of wine. Cheese is risk. Yeah, Buying cheese is risky. You don't have any idea it's what so it's going to taste like until you're eating it. And so if you're hosting a party and you're going to spend $25 yeah. on, on a cheese plate, you want to know that it's going to taste great. And so that's sort of where we come in. We like to, I like to say we take the risk out of buying cheese. You taste it. You're going to, you sh if you don't like it, don't buy it, right? That's the idea. That's it's what so we're trying true, yeah. to do. We want you to buy what you like. So even if customers are like, oh, I think it's great, but I'm not sure, yeah. we don't want to sell it to them. We would rather them move to the next taste and... Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I want that. So that's awesome. That's sort of our that's sort of the approach we've taken and that's why our educational classes I, I put us as an experience business rather mm -hmm. than a retail business. We are an experience. So you come to us for that immersive shopping. You come, you come here to you want to learn about cheese. You're curious a little bit. You've seen yeah. stuff like yeah, I mean, I think nine times out of ten people going through a a place where you can't just taste it. They might look at everything and they think it looks amazing. Some people sure. might try something, but most people are going to go back to their aged cheddar. You know, it, it, and I'm comfort. one of those people. I'm, I would. I'm one of those people in other yeah. in other um, specialty but if you areas. Can, you know, you get comfortable with something and you buy it over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. And so, you know, it's safe. Uh, curiosity and exploration are big parts of our experience. Definitely. So you. Start. You lease the Hyde Park location. You That's get right. it. That's exciting. I'm ima imagining you're very excited about oh, that. It, well, it was just, up until the week before we opened, it was just Kendall and I. So part of our deal on our honeymoon was that she would give me two years. Okay. So I left February 6th. And if I didn't open something by February 6th, 2010, okay. I'd go back to being a CPA. Which is fair. It's which fair, is a fair yeah. deal. Um, we ended up opening February 11th, 2010. Oh, man. I miss, we missed by five days because of permitting. Yeah, so that was so it was pretty close. That's all right. It's pretty close. And so we opened that and we had hired somebody a week before. And we were successful from day one. We had really great support from the community. Wow. You know, our first customer um, that we ever had that day on February um, 11th uh, was, uh, it's now we call her, our kids call her aunt. So she comes in all the time. Well, and now we're family friends. Dude, like, that's, that's awesome. That's what we wanted to be an important part of a community. That's what you want out of a business like that. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, you're there, you're engaging, you're, I feel like with a business like that, you're having prolonged conversations too. It's just like, you're just talking to customers all the time. All the time. And that's what's so much fun about it is that you're going to share your passion with the community. And this really is a community over here, which exactly. is cool. It's exactly. not like, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, you're not just in a strip mall, uh, People are coming here to they enjoy the businesses, and this is a very special business that you have over here. Culturally you, significant, I think. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. We we, um, we were blessed from day one. I still believe that. The amount of news articles that we got, we were very blessed at that time in our business. I mean, being in specialty food, this is more of a lifestyle than it yeah. is a moneymaker. Um, and so Kendall and I 
we wanted to build a business that we could have the lifestyle that we want. We'd like to eat, have our cake and eat it too. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and so we've been able to do that. So reception was good from day one. Uh, what kind of customers were you getting? Was it, was it a lot of neighborhood customers? Was it just people coming to this little eatery area and, and just, like you said, passing by, going to Hyde Park Grill and just stopping in? Um, or was it, were you getting a lot of chefs and, and, and restaurant-type people and you know, industry-type people coming in? Or was it just an amalgamation of just everything? Gosh, going back to 2010 in my brain. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. hard. No, it, you know, it was a combination. Um, our... It felt like we were busy from the moment we unlocked the door. It's crazy. Um, now the customer count from then to now is quite was quite different. Right. But um, but we were so new to it. Yeah. We were so. It was exciting um, to you. It was a lot. Of yeah. I mean, time. well, it felt like fifteen people. Yeah. Serving fifteen people in a single day and, felt and, like. And in that space too, it's a pretty small space. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So you get fifteen people in there at a time, or ten people. Well, back then back. it was just fifteen all day. But right, right. With the amount of work that you're doing as a small business, it's so true. Uh, that you, is, you're busy. Yeah. You're busy constantly, um, and so it was a combination. Our, we definitely would get a lot of foot traffic from the Hyde Park business, from Hyde Park bar. So that plan through that plan to did prove to be yeah. true. Um, and then I think what sets us apart is that we're really focused on customer service. And um, we've been complimented over the years by a number of different groups and organizations about the way that we approach customer service. So it's a unique way, um, which I, we don't get to talk about too much. But yeah, tell the me way I train our team is that you know not everybody that walks into our shop is coming for cheese. Okay. Right, that's a false assumption, um, but we believe that everybody that walking through the front door is looking for a friend. Yeah, hey, there you go. And so, what we train is how you interact with your friends. We remind you how you interact with your friends. It turns out this is a foundation of hospitality. Right. Um, and so, the training model is: you know, your friend knocks on your front door. What do you do? And that's how we train customer service. And the people that we hire innately can answer that question. They wow. know how to that how they would react to a friend knocking on their front door is exactly the same way we want you to. So everybody gets a react. nice warm greeting. And yeah, what just, would you do if a friend knocked on your door? It was raining outside, and you were in the middle of a podcast. I'd say, "Hey, what's up, man? Come on in." Take their umbrella. I would take their umbrella, offer them something. Yeah. Are they wet? Here's a towel. Yeah. Here's the restroom. Yeah. Also important, you're in the middle of a podcast. I just got 10 more minutes left here. Why, why don't you watch some TV? While yeah. Why don't you up? make yourself comfortable, hang out? And so it's that exercise that puts a, creates a light bulb. So that's so that what you just did with me is what you do with exactly what I new hires. Mm -hmm. And if they do it well, you say, all right. And innately, yeah. they get it right because we've already done our interview process effectively. And so that ends up translating into a very different experience than, hey, you're here for cheese. What yes, can I get yes. You? Next. Yeah, definitely. Instead, Take another. Yeah. Instead, it's, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, you had a great weekend. That's awesome. Oh, it's hot. I'm sorry. Or there's a, a whole other situation. So I know that's a little off topic, but that's no, essentially no, no. Um, what has set us apart over the years is that approach um, to hospitality um, that very few organizations um, actually focus on. What was the experience and, and, and what what makes someone come back to Antonelli's? And it's that they know something in their brain triggers that they feel good when they're there. That That's a real thing. I, I, I 100% agree. We're in the coffee business. I, you know, it's very, very similar yeah. um, in terms of how your barista greets you and, 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 you know, talks to you while your drink's being made and things like that. Um, they became, they become, especially in this neighborhood, they become part of your life and part of your routine. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you, you learn to, you know, get to know your, is it cheesemonger? Cheesemonger, exactly. Yeah, cheesemongers. Yeah, yeah exactly. man, I think that's really cool. Um, and where were you sourcing your cheeses from kind of originally? So, uh, you know, at the time, um, Austin had some uh, distribution channels for cheese, but in order for us to present a unique product mix we had to create our own and so part of that was in the business plan developing a wholesale program okay so we knew from the get-go that we were going to do the retail shop 
we're going to do cheese trays, we're going to do events, and we were going to do wholesale. Awesome. Now, we didn't know when we were going to do all those things, but we knew we would. Uh, retail kicked off February of 2010. Mm-hmm. Within a few days, I think four or five days, a chef, a very prominent chef in Austin walked in and was like, I need cheese for my restaurant. Um, they had had a bad experience with a previous cheese supplier. Yep. And they said, we, we want to work with you. And I said, awesome. well, great. We've got this wholesale program all lined up. Here's what I can do for you. So you're just making and it up as you went. It was a combination. Yeah. I had planned it in the business plan. But this was the first but practical application. this was the first practical application. application. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> a couple weeks before that, another chef had reached out to me via email. Okay. We still work with them. Okay. Um, uh, so nine years later. Wow. Uh, through, you know, service issues and all that. We've made some mistakes along the way. But Definitely. But again, we had planned for it. We just didn't know how we were going to, how quickly it was going to scale. And the wholesale program scaled very quickly for us. So um, we did need to actually, by the end of the next year, have our own, uh, like a team doing it. So that, that chef that walked in five days after you opened and big time chef here in Austin that wanted to uh, start a wholesale program with you, you got that client. Yeah, that was uh, Chef Drew of 24 Diner. Uh, oh man, yeah. So that's Not huge. just any restaurant. Um, no, no, no. That was, and did he come in and talk to you or talk chef. to Kendall? I mean, he was just you... coming into the shop. He didn't know who we were yet. And Kendall and I were behind the case every minute. So wow. he couldn't miss us. We were there. Our first lunch break together was almost two years into the business. Wow. We, um, we, we, one of the main reasons why we did this was so that we could spend more time together. Yeah, definitely. That was a a goal of ours. Um, And during that two years, um, I didn't end up finishing that story, but we did a strengths assessment after after she had decided that we were going to go into business together. And we did a strengths assessment, and we came up with the three things that we're best at. Or rather, we are at our best when we are eating, talking, and hanging out together. And so that is the business model that uh, that is what we use to build our business model. For so your shop. business model essentially just cultivates and nourishes your relationship yep. and your friendship and your yeah. That's it. Your that's, marriage. A, that's awesome. That's the priority. So um, you know we didn't get our first day off. Kendall Kendall started taking half days off about nine months into the business. Okay. I think my first full day off was Christmas. Wow. No, the day after Thanksgiving. Wow. Would have been so. Ten but you were loving it. You were having fun. Yeah. I couldn't be, I had un- endless energy. And did you have any other employees at this point? Was it just you two? Yeah, we started to have a couple more people start okay. to join the team as we went into the holidays that year. And when you look for employees, do you need to find people that have a background in cheese? Nope. So you just you no, teach them no. everything? We're looking for passion, okay. energy, and positivity. So uh, regardless of if you've been in food before. So you need a certain type of personality is what you want. A certain type of retail. Yeah, okay. Every, every job is designed for a different type of personality. If in a certain role that is um, has, is repetitive in nature, that you typically work on your own, there's somebody perfectly designed and suited to be happy in that role. And then for a role like cheesemonger, if you're an introvert that doesn't like or doesn't get energy from talking with people, right. it becomes very hard for you to succeed. Even though you love cheese, and you want to learn more about it, interactions with customers can be draining for a certain Absolutely, yeah. So we're, when we're looking, in, one of our other core principles is we want to be a juggernaut of awesome. So Sweet. We, we really strive to be this some sort of immovable force of awesomeness in people's lives. And so hiring for passion, hiring for positivity, hiring for enthusiasm and energy all translate to putting together this team that uh, really brings that um, energy, awesomeness forward. That is awesome. Um, lots of high fives. Lots of. Um, and so this is something you convey to potential hires and new hires immediately. Yeah. When you're talking to them, this is you know. This is what we're aiming for. Yeah. This is what we're interviewing for. So they know that's that's the culture they're going into. That's like company culture essentially. Company culture, yeah. it is. Um, and what's a more fun place to work than that, man? That's awesome. Well, some days we get it, some days we don't. Kendall and I like to talk about energy and that every at any given time you're either an energy gainer or 
an energy drainer. So there is no energy neutral person, huh. but every person can be a drainer or a gainer, and it depends on life, things that happen to you outside of life. It's so true. Um, and so you're responsible for the energy that you bring into a room. And so what we're looking for is a room full of people that are all bringing the energy up together okay. versus a group that's mixed that are drainers plus gainers so that we don't want any one person to be the, the sole responsible energy gainer because then that's obvious and it's a bummer yeah it it, yeah. it, 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 it strains um, relationships and I've so, never heard it described that way but that's so accurate yeah, yeah. It's cool. These are all my trade secrets. Yeah, man. That's what I say. You want to give all these away? That's... And so, uh, uh, so anyway, that's how we do our... Is this in the TED Talk, by the way? Uh, you talk about any of that? I don't know if we go into that in the TED Talk. I, yeah. I mean, we did in our... We do... Kendall and I do a lot of public speaking. Maybe not enough. We should do more. But um, this is one of the talks that I want to do in the future because I really believe in... Yeah, man. If you're... Cool. If, I don't know how many times I get asked to do something and the comment is, well, you just bring great energy. Yeah. I'm like, if, if that's my only reason for getting some of these opportunities, that's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, some people I, just want to control. be around certain personalities. Yeah. And I'm that means something. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, oh, yeah. Briefly, I want to go back to the wholesale for a second. So that, that first kind of client propelled you into, propelled the wholesale program. Well, probably. it really uh, helps for a small company. Oh, yeah. Um, that wants to diversify its product selection. You know, I've got to get pallets of product from different, just, and I have to be competitive. Well, that's right? what, Against yeah. Central Market, Whole Foods. And so I need volume. And the only place you get volume is through wholesale. Yeah. Wholesale is an intense game though. That's what I'm getting at. I'm imagining that was very difficult to kind of scale that that quickly like you know you get that five days in you get this guy 24 diner that wants to start carrying your cheese and help build a cheese program how do you just start doing that and then I, I guarantee you you get him other people are coming you know so that's just very that's got to be very stressful but also very exciting at the same time well it played to my brain the real the bottleneck or the sticking point with that is specifically um, ordering okay it's making sure that you've got enough product for your retail clients and your wholesale clients. Uh, and so, but at the end of the day, if I get a wheel of cheese at those beginning months, our volumes in the shop weren't that high. So in order to avoid waste, mm -hmm. if half of that wheel of cheese went to a chef, then I'm only trying to sell the other half of it in retail, That's which becomes a much more easier perspective, yeah. opportunity. Um, and so I, I, you know, we, I mean, at the end of the day, wholesale wins some days and it doesn't win other days. But at the time, I created the program very specifically to be lean. Okay. And so at the time, it was easy to scale and it was cost okay. effective. Okay. How, how does that program work a little bit? Let's say I'm a chef and I come in and I have three restaurants and I want to use your cheese for all three restaurants. Do you just suggest how much you think... I'll need do you just have a good well, idea now, now is it yeah now it's much more um, common for us to be working with chefs at that level we're doing delivery um, and we're building pars with them and mm -hmm. we're ordering okay. product for them okay. and we're helping educate their staff so we're much more involved now it's it's own program at this point so it runs it has its own team we have a warehouse it's all off-site oh, so it's like a set almost separate we have a separate from building, all the stuff exactly. that we're dealing with it supplies this it supplies the cheese house and it supplies the retail wow um, but okay. it's its own entity now that operates um and distributes all throughout central texas okay and so that that program we have a really amazing team um and we're making improvements constantly but again wholesale is a very competitive environment to work to work in but it's allowed us to get really great product selection into our yeah customers hands that's which, awesome which is a blessing an absolute blessing especially you know when you're competing against um the larger groceries who already have a different margin structure than you definitely and labor structure so the cheese shop is going strong going great starting wholesale getting going with a little bit of that um when did the idea start to come about to get this cheese house that we're sitting in going? So we started, it was in our business plan to do um, events. So we started our, our first event was September of 2010. 
we were sitting at the picnic table that was in the front of our shop when we first opened in 2010. Wow. So we could seat seven people around this table to do class. So we had it in the shop on opening day. Okay. It was already in place. Um, but we didn't pull the trigger on, or we didn't decide to do a class until September. We wanted to make sure that we rolled things out right. in an effective you manner. You were prepared to execute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I, t- I told Kendall then, I said, you know, we're only, I only let you announce one class with seven seats because I don't want it to go wah, wah. Yeah. Right? We built this up. That is so true, yeah. And we waited and we waited. And finally she put it out. That class sold out in about oh, six minutes. I believe it, yeah. Um, it's just as many times as, like, took a, to get the credit uh, credit card information over the phone. And what was the class? What was the first it was class? Cheese 101. We built it. We built it the night before class. <laughs> Uh, we've never changed it. We've been doing the same class since 2010. And what do you just get different varieties of like yeah, a, a milk-based or seven, a cow-based cheese and a... We call it our seven styles of cheese. Okay. And it's a very high-level discussion, uh, like tasting. That's awesome. But we develop that. Instead of it being a class, it's an experience. So this is much more like community-style family tasting versus awesome, sitting man. in a classroom looking forward. Right, right, right. And so we built, we built a, the template that night. That was like September 15th of 2010, and we've never mm-hmm. changed it. Now, so when you're standing in our cheese shop looking across the street, there's this amazing house right across the street. Okay. And part of this whole building a lifestyle is Kendall and I at some point wanted to have a family. Mm-hmm. And one of the ideas is that, you know, we'd have a place where we could raise our kids. Yeah. Right. The cheese shop, if you've been in, is only 700 square feet. Yeah. So it's Still small. Tiny. It's yeah. tiny. And, um, and now in hindsight, kids are gross. So you don't really want little kids being sure. <laughs> that in 700 square feet. But Kendall looked out. She always saw this house. She said, one day I want you to get that house for us. And I was like, okay, one day. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then we were at work. This would have been in um, June of 2011, maybe July of 2011. Okay. We were at work at 5 in the morning. And um, when the sun started to rise up, we looked across the street, and there was a moving truck in the parking lot of this house. And Kendall looked at me, and she said, John, you need to go over and talk to them and find out what's going on. Wow. And I was like, they're not moving. They're just resetting the house or whatever. And Kendall saw picture frame coming out the door and into the back of the truck. So no, that's personal stuff. She said... They're moving. She's, it, it, this was a kitchen and cabinetry studio. She said, you don't take art down unless you're clearing out. And so she had, told me to go over. I came over. I talked to the owner or the manager and they said, oh, you know, I think that's a great idea. Here's the owner's phone number. You should call him. And I called him too. Kendall called an hour later and we started the conversation and a couple months later we closed on financing and we got to Wow. Uh, so a bank, Texas Capital Bank, was willing to take a risk on our young business. And fortunately, it's an asset-backed loan. But um, So we got to acquire the house. And now, you know, in hindsight, that first class of seven people, now we teach class up to 26 guests. Okay. Two to three times a week, not just once a month. And so and these classes vary in prices and yeah. length yeah, and yeah. things like that. That's yeah and yeah exactly that yeah, we do like charcuterie meat and cheese classes okay, cool. date tonight's a date night so oh wow for groups uh, like for partners or friends to come and share a plate this mm-hmm. will be kind of like multiple almost like coming to a little cafe little restaurant type thing exactly and- it's all community style it's like a you each get your own plate but we have it set up and for tables of six so you're really coming out for an evening rather than um, maybe more like a show. Yeah, no, and I you're think coming that's out awesome. for a, uh, a class. So. Can you can you rent the whole thing? You, you know, can for like you can event? rent the uh, cheese house. We also do offsite class events for people constantly. Okay. So like, we've done uh, rented a bus and taken that's awesome. a corporate client out to some dairies and farms. We do uh, um, um, parties for people in their house. So we're just growing that program now even that's more. That's really cool. Have you ever done a wedding or anything like that? We've had a wedding where uh, in this room we had a wedding. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, we've been really blessed to get some really high-profile awards for the shop. We were um, Travel and Leisure uh, put us in the top 15 cheese shops in the country a couple of years ago. Wow. Um, Austin Chronicle Awards, Austin um, The Best Of, we've won a couple from them. 
uh, Edible Austin, we've been voted local hero since 2012, every year since 2012. Austin Monthly. In addition, you were named one of the 2018 Best CEO from Austin yeah. Business Journal? I was uh, for the small business category. I won Best CEO. Yeah. Kendall won Profile and Power Award okay. from the Austin Business Journal last year, the year for women. Wow. Um, and then uh, Kendall won. She beat me. We were competing against each other. Wow. Kendall won, uh, was voted uh, Austin Under 40 Award winner for Dude, that's awesome. food hospitality. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. And um, uh, I couldn't be more proud of, of her. Uh, this was last year she had back surgery okay um, and just to bounce back and be she's so involved in the community um, and it, it's made a big difference in my life uh, particularly her um, she call her an accidental mental health advocate yeah and uh, and that's helped me as I went through depression last year yeah uh, having seen her lead by example uh, helped me understand that I could get help and that there, in my family, there's no stigma about mental health. I can't, yeah. I know that there's a stigma all across the world related Ab- to mental health. Absolutely. But in my house, there is none. That's and, good, man. That's and, how it should and be. And that's a very lucky place to be. When you were getting all these, you know, especially early on, you said you were getting a lot of attention from the city and things like that through publications and articles. Was that just bringing in more and more people? I mean, oh, yeah. All that stuff just it, helps constantly. I mean, that's... you. you most companies have to hire PR companies to do that. That's what I'm saying. Were you expecting that no. to happen? So this was just like, they'd be really cool. It'd be a nice bonus if something like that happened. And then it just start rolling in. I honestly say that you can't write that into your business plan. That no, you can't. That you would like that to happen. I think we were just, we were right at the beginning of this sort of food movement in yeah. Austin. And we were filling a unique space. And anytime you go... Um, narrow and deep into something people mm-hmm. tend to really respect it and they tend so to per- their ears perk up and they pay attention and yeah and so uh, we were filling with this gap that ex- that existed I, I I still can't believe it Kendall can't so many people come to us now and they're like who does your PR and they're like well it's still just the two of us <laughs> we don't have to yeah um, and all this organic um, publicity has been incredibly helpful I mean when you're getting off the ground as a small business every one of those things help because you can't I mean you can't afford to pay for that nope you know and so we got free press I mean, it was amazing I, I'm still I still feel blessed whenever we get mentioned because awesome. it when you're running a business like ours that's a lifestyle business um, those positive publications can really make an impact and you can see it immediately. And, you know, you said Kindle had given you two years to get this thing off the ground. Yeah. You barely missed it, but a barely. couple days, but you got it. Things are going well. Then she's working it with you. It's just mm-hmm. you and her pretty much. A couple of other employees. You know, for a lot of people, a lot of people try the marriage business sure. hybrid and it just doesn't work. And, it, you know, maybe they stay together, maybe they break up, but maybe the business just holds, you know, whatever it is. Um, but you too, and I've talked to a couple of other uh, couples too for, for the podcast that have been able to make that partnership work with their relationship. And you kind of talked about it earlier, how you built the business model around nurturing your relationship. And do you think that is kind of what helped it? Do you all have complementary personalities uh, when it comes to doing different things for the business? Or have you made that work? Oh, great question. I think that we're very open and honest with each other. Um, but from the get-go, the whole reason for doing this was so we could spend more time together. So we agreed before we even opened that if that this business wasn't the priority. One of our other core principles is family first, then business. It's very clear. We say that to every single employee. We publish that family comes first. And that de- it really matters on how you, as a person, define family. Right. And so it could be your dog is your family. Um, and we've had instances where that's the case and a dog gets gets out and the employee wants to take the rest of the day off. And we say, do it. Family first. You do business. what you need to do, yeah. Um, it could be your partner. It could be a child. It could be a grandparent. And we really just try to live through that now. Um, and so for us, family first and business means our family, um, our relationship uh, as being one of the core, uh, core focuses. And so we agreed early on that 
if at any point it was impacting our relationship, either one of us could say we're going to close the business and wow. we both walk okay. away. And Like a um, no questions asked. If it's affecting us. If the person truly says the words, um, then that is how it's going to be. And so come close once or twice, but we yeah. never said the words. I mean, it can be um, stressful no matter what. Business no matter can how be stressful. good that connection is. Um, business can be stressful. And, uh, and the, other, the other part of it uh, that I think matters, and we talk to other partners, is if you work really well with each other outside in your personal life, you'll likely work really well inside yeah, the business. I agree with that. And a lot of times folks don't necessarily um, address that. They think that the business will be different. Mm-hmm. But in truth, it's not. You it's, can't expect something like that. It just means it's more. Change of the relationship, exactly. basically. No, you, know. you can't separate business and work, especially when you're a couple. There is no difference. And that's another part of it. We have both agreed that we were trying to blend business and work so we have one life half of our life is spent playing with cheese and half of our life is now spent playing with kids yeah and with each other and so um it's a blended life and so i think really knowing that we work really well together and we always did we complement each other during and then then once we moved into the business having very clear defined roles um helps so you're not second guessing each other you're not um, like Kendall makes a decision that's there's no we assess it afterwards but there's no um, talking in a way that is just unhelpful that's undermining them yeah exactly yeah. and then uh, the other piece to all of that is that uh, we try to play to our strengths as much as we can yeah and support each other and so we're having a great time right now last year was really difficult for us we opened a downtown location right. and closed it in the same year. Right. Um, it wasn't working and it was, um, that's what led into my depression was that it can cause a lot of, a lot of stress experience. Um, but we are for Kendall and I, we work so well together. We love spending time together. Um, for those first, when we had our kids, we would bring that we Everett, we'd bring him to work and he'd hang out with us and we'd be working together. And you know, we've had a life, a family, experience it um that's very unique so you've gone i mean you've had 10 years now 11 years almost 10 almost well, 10 oh uh, yeah almost 10 from almost opening 10 your, from opening the doors opening the doors and like you said i mean i think people look at antonelli's and look at any business similar to yours and they just see success they just see yeah, it's got to be so amazing and it looks like for the most part it has been but then like you said last year there have been struggles there are times that you have to overcome you know difficult things internally with it you know Absolutely, inside the yeah. business and it's just a lot of things that people don't realize sometimes well I, that, that's it you know you put oftentimes you just show the good stuff yeah right um with the mental health ex- and depression that i went through this last eight american cheese society conference i spent we got to do uh, we were one of the keynote speakers awesome. Kendall and i as a, as a team so we talked about that and it's one of those things that doesn't come up enough yeah you know there are with anything you know whatever business you're in whether you're an entrepreneur or you're not an entrepreneur you'll go through cycles it's bound to happen um some years you get everything right sometimes you take risks and they fail and you push yourself and it doesn't work or it doesn't work and i think what um what i learned last year is that that's just a standard operating procedure for everybody and so we got to make sure we're taking care of ourselves uh as that happens and and try to address it early um get the help we need and move forward but uh there we've been very successful overall we've been very successful Um, are you happy at the place that you are yeah right now right now 2019 has been an amazing year for us um but again there are a couple years in there where you know yeah money wasn't there yes we had we were we were together yeah we were eating and we were talking we had those things we had those things but the business aspect of it was a little bit you know it was a little questionable a couple different times and so you know you adversity you try to solve through it yeah um, and and make some good decisions and move forward and so we've been blessed that we've been able to do that over and over again 
Um, I can't, business is still risk. Yeah, always. <laughs> it doesn't get easier. Um, you get better problems, but it doesn't get easier. Yeah. Um, when you're not working, what are some other something you get to live in one of the best cities? In so the yeah, States? we have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. So you're kids. You're doing kids. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm swimming as much as possible. We're That's awesome. Hiking, we're bike riding. I got, I've been able to teach, been blessed to teach them both how to bike ride. We go to sporting events. Um, we eat a lot, um, and we travel. We try to take awesome. the kids on cultural experiences. That's really cool. Um, yeah, it's really amazing, and we're fortunate we get to travel to see cheesemakers. So our kids. Our kids have been in more cheese plants than most adults. What's a in yeah? The like what's what's kind of you know a lot of times when I have brewers on or something like that, someone who's opened a brewery, I'll ask them or like a chef, what's your favorite food city or what's your favorite you know beer city? And, you know, we got Milwaukee and Seattle and all this stuff. What do you have a favorite cheese city? And you know that's not Austin, in the United States or you know where they're just doing great things with cheese. I you know that, that I can't answer that. The whole globe is amazing for cheese. So I guess that's true. I'm just gonna yeah. We're just gonna keep traveling and keep experiencing it and keep showing the kids all the. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had camel cheese for the first time. It was pretty amazing. Really? Yeah, dude, that's crazy. What that tastes like? It tastes like sour cream. The experience of tasting camel cheese was amazing, but it tastes more like more like a sour cream. But being able just to have that yeah. and do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really and cool. learn about it. It's so different. The milk is so different. Um, but I think that uh, Austin. The growth that we've seen in Austin, the community. I mean, the, the shopping habits have changed pretty dramatically since yeah. we first opened. In 2010, it was not uncommon for somebody to drive from Lakeway to our shop yeah. on a weekend. That's a good point. Um, now, that's you know once a year versus twice a month. And yeah, so, I know you have a whole kind of third section of the business, which is like online. Uh, some e-commerce stuff kind of e-commerce stuff four, yeah. it, we, it's sort of our fourth business line we do okay. we have we do more now trays okay. is a significant part of our business is so that something people pick up or we deliver through favor okay. so we wow. make That's hundreds awesome. and hundreds and hundreds of trays a month um, which can be used for just about any party trays anything yeah. anything meetings parties graduation um, you name it, we're doing it. So we have that business has taken off really beautifully. Uh, e-commerce, it's 100 degrees most of the time here in Texas. So shipping yeah. cheese is sort of a tricky. It's yeah, tricky. it's a it's a you know a lot of the cost goes to FedEx and stuff. But um, we do a really robust program there. And it, as the holidays ramp up, we do a lot of corporate shipping. Um, and so we've been you know wholesale events, cater uh, cheese trays. Retail, we have a really great business model right now, and it's humming. If if you have, if someone you know, we have a lot of potential entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast. Sure. If someone wants to open up a small cafe or their own artisanal something, a cheese shop, you know, whatever it is, um, do you have a piece of advice that you would give them that maybe you wish somebody would have given you? Or you know, I think um, there's a lot of advice I got along the way, and um, I think what what I would fall back on is make sure that you have passion with purpose. So. Um, what we talk about in our TEDx talk is um, passion gives you fuel, purpose gives you direction. So picture like, say I blow up a balloon and let it go. That's passion. Yeah. That balloon yeah. though goes all around and bounces off walls and ceilings. Um, so, But when you have passion and you have purpose, you really just direct your energies in the right way constantly. You help reprioritize and you need passion when you start a business because... Yes. Most businesses, as much most most entrepreneurs see the successes, right? And and it's not a good idea to be hopeful that that's going to be you. But most of the time, those people got there by not taking a day off for two years. Yep. Uh, for not traveling, for eating yep. canned soup every night for a couple of months. Really um, having your priorities kind of yeah. Only be able to, being able to eat oatmeal because your stomach is so. Uh huh. Yeah. jacked up that yeah. you can't uh, you can't eat anything else and so <laughs> on, on that, that lifestyle you have to be prepared for that now passion is that energy that gets you over those speed bumps and those roadblocks and those hurdles um, you get over them faster if you have purpose though and so you want to have a big why you know that um, Simon Sinek talk, um, writes about it but uh, you want to have a purpose your purpose should not be making money and I hear that time and time again, definitely. Yeah. Um, Hopefully you can make money. Yeah. But it's, 
It's certainly not a guarantee. Absolutely. Especially like you were saying, and like the more niche like food market, the goal should not just be money. If the goal is money, you're going to, no, you're going to fail. It's not. You, I can look around the industry. I'm, I'm a, uh, I just rolled off the board of the American Cheese Society as I was president and then chairman. And the statistics aren't that great for small cheese shops. Yeah. Right? Because, or small dairies. When you're a small dairy, you don't get days off. And that's a, you know, it's a really hard lifestyle to live when you don't get to take a break. Did you finally start seeing maybe a year or two in, three, whatever it was, a light at the end of the tunnel where you were like, okay, I've been working just nonstop, but it looks like this is going to be, this is going to work out. This is going to be good. It was a trade-off. Yeah. Profitability or free time. And so I made a decision to have a little bit more free time. So profitability went down. Yep. Which means scale goes down. Yep. And then, you know, have flows. Keller Williams, Gary Keller at Keller Williams talks about counterbalancing. It's like if uh, work for work-life balance, you can't have on a seesaw if you've got it perfectly balanced, like both people are still micro-moving. They're not stagnant. Their muscles are twitching. They're balancing. They're rebalancing. Interesting. So there's never like a static. So you may go from one side. Well, you might balance work a little bit more than life. So it's not just balance. There's no such thing as balance. There's just like, constant oh, counterbalance. You'll do it, and then you'll say, well, now I want to go a little bit more to the other side. That that wasn't exactly working for me, and you just kind of figure out so, the yeah. actual balance that so works. So this year is a great example. Last year we, we did lose a lot of money um, with that other opportunity that we – the risk we took. And so this year we had to counterbalance. Yep. We had to um, – you know, all in, get lean. Full steam ahead again, um, yeah. And, and we've been grateful to have made some really incredible decisions and uh, we're making even more now. And so it turns out it can be easier to run lean than it can be to run heavy. Um, yeah. And so we're, we're finding that out. And so anyway, that like there's a lot of promise for the future. Right now we're in a, a you know, work tighter, do more, and hopefully profit a little bit more definitely um, profit anything yeah <laughs> will be yeah. great compared to last year yeah and so that's what we're working on well you've definitely I mean over the past 10 years Antonelli's you know when I moved to Austin in 2010 so I was pretty much here throughout the evolution of that uh, I dated a girl we would go to mothers all the time and all these different spots several friends that lived in Hyde Park so we were always around Antonelli's um, and it really has become you know I think of Austin and I think P. Terry's, I think. I love video. I think, you know, these institutional places like Antonelli's is absolutely one of them. And I think it's really cool that you've been able to create this brand that people know and people have, like, grown to trust. And, like like you said, it makes them feel good to, like, go into the cheese shop. And I don't know. I just think it's a really cool thing that you've Well, built. I mean, I think it's humbling. I thank you for saying that. I, I uh, am always surprised when I'm, our name comes up alongside companies like book people and yeah book people um, absolutely Al- Alamo draft house places that have been around for at least uh, quite a few more years than us and uh, but that we are considered part of Austin now yep. you know that's pretty cool feeling 10 years ago we weren't we weren't even open yet it's so crazy. it's yeah. pretty amazing do you want to stay in Austin you think oh yeah well, we have roots here now yeah so y'all are here we love it we absolutely love it, um, and uh, I think Austin's the best town in the world. That's cool, man. Well, I wish Kendall would have shown up. We tried to hang around and have her on, but she's, uh, so, she's so freaking awesome. I know. She's yeah. so cool. I watched the, your little video on the website. She seems like a very, very good personality. Yeah, she's great. Cool, man. Well, well call yeah. us up. Come talk to us. Come oh, do an dude. event with us, dude. We, my, my, I'm gonna have my girlfriend and I come up here and do an event. I think it would be awesome. awesome. Um, I really appreciate you having me up here. This house is beautiful, obviously. If you're listening to the podcast and you haven't been to Antonelli's, what are the hours, by the way, so people can come? Um, retail, 11 to 7, Monday through Saturday, and then 12 to 5 on Sunday. And if they want to do anything with the cheese house here that yeah, we're sitting in, what do they do? go on our website, antonellischeese.com. You can check. You can buy tickets to class, or you can even check availability and book a private event for you and your friends, which is just an awesome experience. Um, but that can all be done through our website, and uh, click, 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 com- confirmation. It's pretty awesome. Dude, awesome. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thank Appreciate you. It. Pleasure, man. Thanks for listening to Building Something Out of Nothing. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can email me at ed, that's ed6238, at gmail.com. 
As always, you can visit either one of our locations seven days a week. Our roastery and first location is over at Warehouse 5 at 1333 Buena Vista Street. If you'd like to serve Shotgun House coffee roasters in your restaurant, cafe, or office, shoot us a quick email at orders at shotgunhouseroasters.com or contact me anytime at 254-913-9031. Our intro music is provided by the Delicate Boys from Austin, Texas. You can find this song and their entire album on Spotify. Thanks.